Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which we're going to talk about how to use personas right. For this purpose, Mark, my co-host, and me are going to interview Jim, Jim Krause, who is the president at the Buyer Persona Institute, and I'm delighted to have him here. Could you introduce yourself to the audience, Jim? Super. I'm really happy to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, I've been doing um, uh, in the market insight business for probably about three decades now, actually. Um, I started off my career uh, on the client side, working for um, several major financial services and technology organizations. Um, and it was really just a result of my passion to understand the market, understand buyers, understand customers at a really deep level to help inform marketing sales and, and product decisions. It's always been my interest. So over the past, I would say 15 years, I've worked with KSNR, which is a full service market research firm, really focusing on global B2B variety of industries, but a heavy focus on technology actually led their technology practice for about a decade. About a month, about a year ago, um, we acquired Buyer Persona Institute um, because it's just such a perfect fit for what our organization does and what my passions are. Um, And Adele Ravello, the founder of Buyer Persona Institute, and myself worked together for a year, actually. Um, And now we're uh, continuing the mission that Adele started. Um, she wrote the book on buyer personas about 10 years ago. Her and I are actually writing a second edition of that book right now. And our sole focus is understanding buyers, more specifically understanding uh, the buying decisions that they make to take all the guesswork out of what marketers and sellers need to do to help educate their prospective customers and influence them in the buying decision. Um, So the approach that we use is a bit different than the way a lot of people think about buyer personas. Um, The reason I love it so much is because it's very logical. It makes sense to for marketers and sellers, and it just really will influence just about any marketing and sales decision that you make. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really, so it's really been a a lot of fun over the past year and we're looking forward to continuing, uh, continuing to get the word out, so to speak. Love it. Love it. And uh, she's done a great job in spreading the word about personas and i think um one of the pitfalls here is that well uh, every marketing or market marketing agency or marketer thinks they can do buyer personas right they can do buyer persona sessions so there's all kinds of ways that people are um, building those personas and one of the uh, pitfalls that you already mentioned is is that a lot of guessing or is done or assumptions are are being done taken to to build personas um but but first of all um because well she introduced the buyer persona um as a methodology 10 years ago is it is it still as important as it was five years or five to ten years ago um i I would say it's as important or even more important particularly in today's you know economic environment Uh, i think one of the things that marketers in particular are struggling with is um, they're under a lot of pressure to help drive uh, new revenue, whether it's from new customers or uh, more business from existing customers. And there's any number of things that they could be doing um, to do that. And there's a lot of demands that are being put on them from the organization to develop campaigns, messaging, 
uh, motions that will help in, improve those performance measures. And really what would be really helpful is just a little bit more uh, ability to prioritize what is really going to move the needle from a marketing perspective. And really in today's environment in particular, buyer personas can provide uh, clarity into that so that you can really prioritize and focus and make an impact. Cool. So the, the buyer persona has become even more important. Um, as years went on, you, you and Adele probably must have seen hundreds of marketers and marketing departments starting to use, to, to start using buyer personas. Um, what are some of the typical mistakes that marketers make when they start using personas? Yeah, I think the biggest one is just how we define buyer personas. What do you think of as, as a buyer persona? So maybe that's the place to start, right? So, you know, typically a lot of folks think about a buyer persona as a fictional avatar of a individual or a role in the organization, right? So let's say you're, you sell technology products and services, you might have a buyer persona on the CIO or a technology buyer, for example, and you you have certain descriptive characteristics of that CIO, um, their education level, their overall challenges and priorities, maybe the information sources they use. And the problem with that is that information is helpful only to a point, right? Because as a marketer and a seller, you're trying to influence buyers around a particular buying decision that they're considering and making. And that information is just a little bit too high level, right? It doesn't give you that the detail that you need to really be able to do that. So the, the way we look at buyer personas and, and the way we try to really define them and work with our clients is to understand the buying decision itself. So as an example, if you are a CRM solution provider, again, just taking that as an example, what you really want to understand is very specific things about the CRM buying decision. Um, so really a buyer persona consists of five different elements. Um, and these are all to really define what the, the buying decision is. The first thing you want to understand is what we call priority initiatives. Priority initiatives are actually the triggers. It's the thing that really uh, sparks the need um, that gets an organization looking for a particular solution that you offer, right? They may have had a certain challenge, for example, for weeks, months, even years. What was the thing that really got them started to looking? The second part of uh, the buyer persona, and there's five parts altogether. The second one is success factors or what we call success factors. And think of these as benefits or outcomes. You know, these are the things that buyers want to, the results that they want to get out of the investment that they're making. Again, in their own words. The third one is we call perceived barriers. And this is a really important one and one that's often overlooked. And these are all the fears and concerns, trepidations that buyers have about making the investment or, or making with a, with a particular provider, right? So a lot of times, particularly when you're talking B2B, these are not insignificant decisions. There's a lot of consequences around them. Mm -hmm. They're probably could be for a very significant investment amount. And buyers do have concerns and trepidations. You want to understand what those are. The fourth one is decision criteria. Um, the fourth part of your buyer persona. And this is insights into all the questions that buyers are going to have when they're evaluating the different alternatives they have. Right. So, you know, if you if list of here's the questions that you can anticipate that they actually use. And then the fifth one is buyer's journey. And the buyer's journey is what's the typical steps in the in the buying process for this particular product or service? Who are the key influencers? What information sources do they use? And so those are the five areas of insight. And, and I'll add one more thing to this. The key to all of this is 
going out and talking to and interviewing recent buyers of a particular buying decision. So using the CRM as an example, again, you would want to go out, find uh, find professionals that have been involved in a CRM buying decision over the last 12 months and do in-depth interviews with them to understand all the different areas that that I just spoke about. And we have a certain approach that we, we use to the interviews, which we can talk about if the audience might be interested. But the net of it is it's a discussion, right? You're really trying to pull out these insights and that becomes the basis of your buy persona, those five key areas. And if you step back and think about it, really, if you have those five things, you have really all you need to figure out where should I really be focused with what marketing and sales motions to help educate and influence buyers that, that you're targeting. Yeah, I love it. Well, Jim, this this whole thing that reminds me of is that you're talking about people. And what I often see is that personas are based on technology. With other words, it's set up to actually follow the path of LinkedIn ads or Google or Facebook or whatever. So the demographics... Uh, and all that kind of stuff. And you're not talking about that. You're talking really about the motivations and the barriers that people have. And so you're not talking about demographics at all. That's no, something demo- that, that, that triggers me. And also another thing with your talking to recent buyers, I find that so important, but also to buyers that actually didn't buy from you so that you understand what those barriers are. Why didn't they choose you? Or which barriers did they have to overcome? And um, I think what I've what I've seen happening with a lot of marketing departments or people within the marketing department that I talk to is that um, they are starting to assume or they start to talk yeah. to sales instead of talking mm-hmm. to customers. Is that something you recognize, Jim? Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, and those are two... Two, both things, talking to your own customers and talking to sales folks is is not a bad thing to do, right? I mean, you can get a lot of insights from both of those places. But what we do is, and what we advocate to do is to actually talk to recent buyers that didn't necessarily look at you. Because you want to you have a market, quote unquote, marketplace view around the particular buying decision that you're trying to influence. Um, think about the folks that you're interviewing or are folks that you would have wanted in your sales pipeline. Um, so the, the way to go about it is when you do one of these studies is to develop a, a uh, definition for what the buying decision is that you're trying to influence, uh, detail out any specifications around what your target market is, maybe going after certain industries or company sizes or um, what have you. And then you can go out and find those people. You can use recruiters to help you do that and interview those folks. Um, as long as they've been as long as they've evaluated and made a purchase decision around that particular product or service, they're going to give you unbiased, fact-based insights. And the beauty of it is now you can come back to the organization and you will have the answer key, right? Because this is not um, customer interviews only, which may have some bias. Sales interviews, sales folks uh, only see a certain portion of the market and they're not seeing uh, the part of the market that they're not even talking to, deals that they don't see. So it's really a way to um, to get the whole organization aligned around one set of facts. I think this really this info really helps a lot of marketers. So um, the, the, you already mentioned that you are doing 
for basically um, deep dive interviews with with those uh, people. Mm -hmm. um, and you follow a certain structure there. So you have interviewing techniques in which you really have a conversation with those people. Um, I took a look at your website and there, as a lot of marketers probably have done once in their career, um, you also offer some some templates. Are are those within your templates that are on the website, or is there something um, you want to talk about now on the podcast? Yeah, so we do have some templates available on our website as far as the key elements. We call them the five rings of buying insight, which are the five areas um, for your buyer persona. And we have examples of those on our website, and anybody's free to go there. The other resources we also offer a master class, which is a self paced class um, that you can take um, through our through our website and we'll get a little bit more in detail about uh, one of the things is the interview approach but one of the things I'll just comment on for now is the most important thing in doing the interviews is to take a very journalistic approach to the interviews and what I mean by that is you know rather than if you get a recent buyer rather than going through a, a survey type of interview where you're asking them to rate things and rank things and you know, giving them all these things, uh, you know, asking them very specific questions about, you know, was this important? Was that important? The better way to do it is to really start with only one scripted question in the interview, which is take me back to the day when you first decided that you needed X and X would be whatever product, service or solution that you're focused on and tell me what happened. And then just methodically get an idea about what were the key uh, triggers and success factors they were looking for. Um, probe and question around who are the different providers they they looked at and how did they even come up with that initial list ask a lot of questions about well how did you narrow down your choices you know you told me you had you looked at 10 providers and you went down to five tell me a little bit about how that happened what information sources were helpful in leading you to that decision um, what were the different criteria you used um, and to just methodically go through it and and that's the best way i can describe it briefly uh, today um, but we do through the website, you'll see we do offer a little bit more details around that around that approach. A, a question, uh, Jim, how to do this the, the the best way? Because if people are listening to this, they're actually saying, you're saying, oh, you have to have a more qualitative approach. Mm -hmm. What what would you suggest me to do? You, you just said, get some recruiters. But mm -hmm. what, what can I do? to get these people and how many people do I need to get this, these insights? Because it's, it's, if you're doing this way, as you're saying, I can't do a lot. So I can't do a hundred of yep. these. So what would you suggest that I should do to get at least a better perspective of a persona than, well, what they might be doing now? Yeah. So for any buying decision that you're doing a buyer persona for, we recommend doing 10 interviews, 10 qualitative interviews the way of, of the nature that I just described. And with 10 interviews, and we've done probably buyer personas for well over 200 organizations globally now over the years, um, 10 interviews is enough to be able to look across the inter interviews and, and find patterns in the data so that you can develop insights, right? So you're seeing things come up again and again. Um, if you do any more than 10, what we found is you get diminishing returns, meaning that you start you you start hearing the same things. You're not learning anything net new. So 10 is a great number to think about. 
Um, some folks like to do broader uh, surveys afterwards where they want to say, well, you know, we want to get a little bit more understanding of certain segments in the market. And the way to do that is to do quantitative survey research. But for the purpose of today, I think 10, 10 qualitative interviews is a great number to think about. Um, your other question in terms of how to find these folks, um, there are a number of national recruiters, um, uh, other organizations that that provide kind of what they call expert panels that you can tap into. Um, and you just would need to have work with them um, and tell them that kind of the buying decision you're focused on, give them specifications around your target market, and they would be able to, to help you do that. And again, a little more detail about how to do that um, is, is offered in our masterclass on our website if, if folks want to get even more detail. Okay. That thinks, well, that gives me a, a, a better view of what the quality parts would be. I just have one extra question. Would I have to get 10 people that are, for instance, not buying our product and 10 people that have bought, recently bought our product? Or would you put these two groups together in that 10? Uh, I would put them together. Um, I would just, the, the best thing to do is just do a market study where you've, you may run into them, right? But what you want your buyer persona to be is representative of a particular buying decision in the market. And as an example, you know, it's rare that that we'll do a study for someone where we don't run into somebody that's bought from them. You know, if they're any type of significant player, if they're brand new to the market, that would be the exception to it. But you really want to make it a market-based study, right? Because your customers are going to have certain biases. You're getting insights from your customers probably in other ways. Um, plus, it's better if you if you are doing the, this study with customers, you know, this is a double-blind study, right? So they, you know, shouldn't know you're the sponsor. Um, uh, you don't want to, if you're, if you're, you don't want to let them know that, uh, who the company is that, that that is being interviewed if you do it with a third party. And it's just a, a better way to come back to the organization because now you have objective view of the entire market, not just your customers. Yeah. So you're completely reframed from any assumption, bias whatsoever, um, right. by making it completely, well, independent from you. Cool. Yeah. Right. So, yep. um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Jim, I interrupted you. What, what did you want to say? Yeah, I was just going to say the only exception would be if you're trying to better understand your own customers because you're involved in some cross-sell or upsell activities, that would be a case where you could do a buyer persona with your existing customers around a buying decision where it's an upsell or cross-sell opportunity. But more times than not, if it's a persona that's more, really more focused on customer acquisition, then we would really recommend doing the market-based study and, and not specifically targeting your customers. Cool. cool. So um, with that, we've almost come to the end of our interview, um, but there's one question that I have still pressing and, and that is that is well, dying to get an, that I'm dying to get an answer. Oh, because, spit it out, well, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> all this info and all those qualitative interviews gives you a a super insight into those five elements that you mentioned, and those will be in the show notes as well, as well as a link to your website uh, and your LinkedIn profile. Um, for marketers that are not using by personas yet, that might have a barrier to 
you know, the in investment because it's it, it, it needs some investment. Um, typically, the proof is in the pudding. So um, what what's the most amazing result that you have seen from one of the hundreds of companies that you have used the buy persona or trained in buy personas um, over the past year? So what's what's the most amazing results that you have seen that that basically um, well gets you moving, Jim? Yeah, no, it's it it's and it does get me moving. It's one of the things that we love about the work that we do. It, it's hard to pick out one, to be honest with you. Um, really, what we've seen for organizations that that take the buyer personas and really embrace them, and most do, just because the insights are so pragmatic and they just ring so true, right? Like it's just very evident that when you're looking at a, this type of buyer persona. You can't help but get the feeling like this is it. These are my buyers. These, these, this is what they're telling us, right? And it just really galvanizes the organization. So that's a very, that's a softer metric, if you will, but it's a pretty important one. Um, the th the places that we've seen the most impact and the ones that make me the, you know, the most satisfied, for lack of a better word, is one getting more qualified leads into the organization. And the reason that we like that one so much is because what happens is once you have these insights, everything that you're doing in marketing and sales gets a lot crisper, right? You don't feel like you're swimming upstream. You feel like, you know, we're really connecting with buyers, right? There's there's this energy, there's this, you start seeing certain results. And, and one of the things that we've seen is qualified leads double, triple even with certain organizations that really start to use these buyer personas in their marketing and sales motions. The other metric that we love to see is just conversions. Um, improvement in conversion rates. And here's the reason that happened. So with the buyer personas I talked about, you know, when you talk about the priority initiatives, the triggers and the success factors or the outcomes folks want, those do a really good job of helping top of the funnel type stuff, right? You know, if we're, if a buyer sees it, hey, they really seem to understand our needs. They understand the kind of the challenges we have. We should take a look at them. But once you get into perceived barriers, their fears and concerns, and the, the nitty gritty of the decision criteria, and you start hitting on those, now all of a sudden, right, you're not only got them interested in you, now you're starting to progress them, right? Because you've got great answers to some of the questions they're going to have. You've anticipated what their concerns are, and you've planned around how to deal with those. So that's the other thing that we've seen. And we've seen conversion rates um, also double and triple with organizations that have used this approach before. And, and that's the reason why. Cool. Cool. Thank you, Jim, for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. I will um, well basically invite you back once you uh, have finished the book that you earlier talked about, because you're going to do a revised version or a new book together with Adele. So in time to find out more when that, that's out, I will re-invite you to the, the podcast. But with that, I'd like to thank you very much for being on the show, Jim. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.